Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everybody and welcome back to Ozzy's Live from our Barangaroo studios. Great to have your company for the next hour or so. You've tuned into the call on this Thursday, the 2nd of March, 2023. Uh, two experts taking a look at your stocks, 10 stocks. We do it in one hour. Let's bring in the panel. Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Grady, good to see good you. Good to see you too. How are you? Good, how are you? Uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Good to be with you again. And, and dissecting before we came on air, uh, the superannuation outfall of uh, our mate treasurer Jim Chalmers and uh, his paper at the moment. Um, how interesting? Yeah, well, interesting, but when he thinks about it more uh, rather than this thought bubble he had, he's going to realise how foolish it was because there are all sorts of unintended consequences. I mean, he said it's going to be capped at three million, it won't be indexed for inflation. Yep. And Treasury has taken this heroic assumption of two and a half percent inflation per year. For a young person, we have never ever in the history of Australia had 35 to 40 years where we averaged inflation as low as two and a half percent. Yep. It's been more like four to six percent. Now at four percent, if you're a young person starting work today, the three million dollar cap is going to be equivalent of about 700 odd thousand. So you say, okay, well that's not that bad. But if it's 6% inflation, it's going to be the equivalent of about 350000 in right. today's money. What's worse is they're talking about taxing you on unrealised capital gains. So the market goes up one year, or house prices take even house at worst. And you haven't sold. Well, now you'll have to sell. Yeah. So straight after you get your tax return on, on your super, you'll have to sell the house that's in your super to cover the cost of the tax. Yep. So we'll have house prices plunging every time they've had a big ride up. We'll have stock markets plunging. So we will have recessions with great regularity because yeah. every time we have a year that asset prices rise, we'll have a recession the following year when yeah. everybody has to dump things. And Grady, we're old blokes. You're, you're in this where you'll, yeah. your super will be worth nothing. I know. Well, I can't wait to work till I'm 99. Is <laughs> <laughs> They'll have well, to drag me out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's not a bad thing for different reasons. But <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I'm let's sorry. get into uh, into the stocks you want us to take a look at. This half hour, go look at Sonic Healthcare, Santos, Costa Group, Ingham's Best and Last. Um, stock of the day, only because it um, comes up really regularly here on the call. Uh, shares in lithium giant Pilbara Minerals are down as investors await confirmation of reports about a $600 million sell down by a major Chinese investor. Now the block sale of Chinese battery giant Contemporary Amperex Technology Limited uh, shareholding was undertaken by brokers according to reports. Um, would you believe they first spent $55 million for an 8.5% stake in Pilbara in 2019? They've done well. The latest annual report detailed that they held 207 million shares. Remember they're at $4 now. So you know, you're getting up close to a billion dollars 
as of the 14th of uh, September last year. Uh, Pilbara shares currently down 4%. Now, you'll remember Pilbara came up on the call yesterday with Carl Capolinga, the king of the charts, um, and he is mad on lithium mineral resources um, and Pilbara. He said if Pilbara drops below $4.10, then he'd be getting out. Well, it has dropped below $4.10. I private messaged him to say, have you changed your mind? If he comes through during the show, I'll let you know. But the, this is sort of an event that's got unintended consequences on the stock. So does it count? Should you be taking it into account with your own shares? Um, Helen? Well, I think the biggest thing you've got to take into account when you own something like Pilbara is it's totally dependent on the lithium Lithium price. price. And nothing cures high prices faster than high prices. Yep. So when lithium (laughs) prices were low, it made sense to use that technology for batteries. Yep. If lithium prices get into the stratosphere like they have been now, they're going to be innovators all around the world trying to figure out how to make batteries out of things other than lithium. Yep. And I'm quite sure some of those things will succeed. And um, lithium prices will come down. The other thing is, of course, is lithium's not rare. It's the second most, third most, sorry, common element in the universe. Yep. And pretty much if everybody watching the show dug a hole in their garden and had the sample <laughs> analysed, somebody will find lithium. Right. In fact, several of the viewers will find some lithium. Now, when I was at university doing physics, they spoke about lithium as a rare earth. What did they mean by rare? Not that it wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was very commonplace in physics. The point was it was rarely mined because they had no real uses. Then somebody came up with the idea of using it in batteries instead of those horrible little lead acid batteries that yep. we used to have. And suddenly lithium had a use. So if you're investing in a company like Pilbara Minerals, you're making a bet that high yep. prices were lost for a long time. Now, if you bought it a long time ago, that was smart. But if you're buying it today, um, I would say your chances of losing money are probably a lot larger than yep. gaining money. Of course, so, if it's in your super fund and you have to pay tax on capital gains that are unrealized, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to have a big them. loss. Okay, so um, you wouldn't be getting in no. anyhow? No. Because it's sickly? No, absolutely. Okay. Grady? This is the one stock I look at and I think, why didn't I buy in? Um, I love, we love Pilbara Minerals. We've got a buy rating on it from, we take cities buy rating uh, on it. It's the stock that has just kept going and it's got such good potential. Stock of the share could be down today because it did go ex-dividend today. Um, so possibly why shares are coming off uh, today to $4.01. But Pure Play Lithium reported very impressive first half results. All of their revenue, well, the revenue was up 959%, uh, EBITDA up over 1,000%, NPAT up over 900%. Like these are yep. results are phenomenal. And sure, lithium prices are set to come down, but we've seen offtake agreements with the company. We've got, the company's got really, really well positioned to keep capitalizing on this market. That's not really going anywhere. Like a lot of um, the, the electric vehicle makers, they're coming forward, they're locking in lithium batteries. So that's not gonna go anywhere for at least 10 years or plus to come until new models come out. So while the demand's there, I think this company's still gonna keep going. Okay, so, so this is a drop because of a big overhang yes. of shares, a big shareholder yes. coming out. Does that change the view on Pilbara or because you've got an overhang at these levels yeah. now, is, that an opportunity? is it an opportunity yeah. or not? 
And do we know how many new lithium mines are being developed around the world? Yes. Because yeah. it runs into a couple of hundred. So yeah, yeah. supply is going to go oh, they're, up. They're, yeah. Yeah. Huge. They're, they're, a pro, they're a producer at the moment. They right? are. They are. So the thing with lithium is that it takes a really long time to produce. So you get it out of the ground and it's one of the longest produ production processes there is. So unlike other things like oil and stuff, it's straight there. It takes a long time to get the spodumene concentrate out into the lithium produce that you're selling. So yeah, at the moment. Yeah, it's a long process yeah. at the moment. And also like they're well advanced. They're in production phase yeah, production, already. Yeah. So I think they are definitely so they're, they're, di they're different to the explorers but yep. then you had elon musk coming out last night uh who's probably the biggest buyer of the way Richard Gatry saying supply isn't the issue going forward it's processing it is which, yeah the processing which then you've got mineral resources who, who are already uh, getting into processing yeah now at yep. the moment so so it's yep. the opportunities with minres but pilbara might start looking okay. down that path as well so you'd so see so bell would see the pullback as a as an opportunity as yeah, an yeah. opportunity yeah. right okay all right so uh as i say uh uh carl gave was very firm yesterday yeah. in terms of uh what the chart was saying but is this an extraordinary situation do we could get some tea leaves in no no but we could use some tea leaves if anybody oh. likes instead <laughs> I'll get you one. I'll get you on one day with Carl. He doesn't can, like me. You can debate that. No, I, I'm. I can understand that. I love it. <laughs> if uh, David, if anybody could ever prove to me scientifically right. that charting had any value, yeah. we'd be hugely enthusiastic about charting. My original life as an investor, many many right. years ago, and not so young anymore, <laughs> was as a chartist. Oh. I had a science background, and I used to. My secretary used to buy. Um, big sheets of graph paper, there were no computers right. to do them on. And I used to every day fill in the latest share prices on the chart wow. with a ruler and make my little chart on all the companies I was watching. <laughs> and um, eventually I came to the conclusion and did a lot of research on it as well, that all of this was rubbish. What right. the, what the, the, share, the company and the share price don't know what, it's got, what it was yesterday. And what right. it was yesterday has okay. nothing to do with it, what so, it's going so, to be tomorrow. So Carl's view is, and he does have a computer, and so he has this program, <laughs> that the charts are his first filter to look at companies <clears throat> that look interesting. Because the chart reflects <clears throat> what the market view of a stock is. And then it's almost a trigger. Rather than going through 2,500 stocks a day, his program based on the charts may throw up 20 that are worth interesting so then, why don't you then, rather look for then the then he'll do the fundamental research on it so okay yeah but that's, that's backwards that's why don't you rather do the fundamental research and find the 20 companies that are growing okay. profits and then look at the chart you can't do 2500 a day why not we got software that can tell you that right. all the time okay which are the all most right. profitable well, companies we'll get you on both together <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can I sit and watch that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the text versus the fundamentalist. Yeah, all right. That could be a really interesting session, couldn't it? Yeah. Oh, we'll write that down. You know what Buffett and Munger say about uh, charts? What? Same sort of thing. They say, oh, well, a lot of people enjoy playing with the rubbish. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Okay. Them's are fighting words. We'll clip that up. I and, love it. Uh, play the car when he's on next. All right. Let's get to the stocks that you want us to t- take a look at. Grady, yep. Antoine wants a view on Sonic Healthcare, the global healthcare provider, largest private medical laboratory and pathology services in Australia, UK, Germany, and uh, Switzerland, second largest in Belgium, New Zealand, third largest in the US. So pretty decent Australian-based mm-hmm. healthcare provider. Huge company, yeah. hold rating at the moment. Just right. because there's right. a lot of backlog that they're, that they're seeing is boosting revenue and um, they're getting through post-pandemic. So we're in the post-pandemic era. Uh, normalization of services is coming back. Well, is coming back. Um, but the company is really got the COVID testing as a real tail, a real headwind right now. So they're, they're seeing this go down, down, down. So they really, really benefited from the COVID right. era of the testing and around the world being one so of the a bit leading of a providers of testings. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely coming off really hard. As we just saw in reporting season, it only made up $32 million worth of revenue. Right. Whereas during the pandemic, it was one of their leading revenue sources. Right. So understanding that revenue was down 14% year on year in the most recent results. Um, the base business grew 8%. Ozpath is growing pretty well at 16%. So they've got strength in the Australian business. Um, Germany, US had single digit figures of growth, which was great. So they are a good a good buffer on, the, on your investment portfolio, but it's a hold rating at the moment just because they also didn't provide any quantitative guidance. And they blamed the fact that um, the difficulty to forecast in the current business recovery mode, it's right. a bit like investors are really punishing that this reporting season. So I think, yeah, at the moment, okay. it's, a, it's a hold. Okay. Yeah, I'd pretty much agree. Um, I, yeah. It's a lovely business. I mean, it's been extremely well run for many years. It's had reasonably high return on equity, always more than 10%. So not super high, but it's done well for decades. Yeah. It's had relatively slow growing earning, but it's always been growing faster than inflation. So that's terrific. And it never has very much debt. But uh, as Grady says, it got a huge boost out of COVID. That boost is now finished. We don't know how long it's going to take to get back to the same sort of levels again. But I think the one positive for them long term is the world's now accepted that a lot of testing is often a good idea. So if we we get another scare of something or other, um, they'll roll out testing again. Now, that may only happen once a decade, but every now and then this company could get a big boost. But but I'd agree, um, I think it's a terrific company, but the share price would have to be a bit lower right. to be enthused about it because okay. it's being boosted by what... But a hold, yeah. well, if yeah. you're in it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, our next stock um, coming up, uh, David uh, wants a view... Uh, Howard on Santos, the big energy company, all in gas group? Yeah, I mean, Santos is always an interesting thing to look at because it's so totally dependent on the oil and gas price. Yeah. Now, the government hasn't helped it by uh, putting a, a, cap, on a cap on the gas, gas prices. prices. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you look through the history of Santos, um, they have roughly trebled the amount of shares they have on issue over the last 10 years. That wow. means every couple of years they pay you a really fat dividend, like in the last 12 months. And, two, and then the following year or the year after that, they come along and say, David, please give us some money again because the oil price is down and the gas price is down and we need some money again because it's a hugely capital intensive business. Right. So if you looked at it over a 10 year period, you've probably been asked for a hell of a lot more money than they've ever given you. 
Right. Now that to me is not an investment. Right. To me an investment is something you give them money once and they give you money forever afterwards yeah. on a six monthly basis in the form of dividends or in the form of capital gains. But you want to know that for many, many years to come, you're going to be getting money, not being asked for money. Right. This is a company that's the reverse because it's so capital intensive. Yeah. So definitely not, not for you, not for me. It, it's had a reasonable year on the mm. higher prices. So oh, if you rent it, you would have a sell on it as well. Take absolutely. Your and run. Whenever, whenever the oil price is up, that's the time to get rid of oil companies. When the yeah. oil price is down, if you like those kind of companies, that's the time to yep. buy it. Okay. Um, I go with consensus rating, so it's buy across the board, across seven brokers at the moment. So I definitely think this is one company that's going to continue growing. Um, full, pro full year profits were incredible, up 20 221%. Yep. Um, they've announced their 78% increase in the interim dividend to 15 US cents a share. Underlying uh, EBITDA was up 101%. So they're really, as you said, capitalizing on, well, they're benefiting from the really high oil prices. But oil is still set to kind of, well, the outlook's pretty high because China's just come back online with the leading importer of oil around the world. So right. given that, and given yesterday we had China's PMI index coming out saying they've hit the level um, not seen since April 2012. So China is yeah. definitely ramping up operations, coming back online. Oil price outlook looking pretty good. Um, the company also really reaped the rewards of their um, completion of the merger with oil search. Yeah. So understanding that they're on the growth front. So they've got a few big things coming this year, the progression of the Barossa um, gas project, the final investment decision okay. in the Alaska project. But you look at that project. 12 month price yeah. for oil being high. Oil's down at 77 mm -hmm. uh, a barrel at the moment. And, and so we must remember off. in about 2005, there was a prediction, for, uh, maybe out by a year or two, there was a prediction by Goldman Sachs that it was gonna hit $500 a barrel right. by right. a couple of years from then. I'm still waiting. I'm hoping I'm going to live that long. Yeah. <laughs> I might with my working right. time. You, you may make it. <laughs> but like, like, if you look at the, even the five-year chart, yeah. it's sort of just traded in a range. It has. Band, and I think it? the oil surge merger will definitely boost it, given right. that there. So you think a, yeah, there'll be a breakout? I think the breakout's coming. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, our next stock is something completely different, but it's an agricultural stock, which goes through its cycles like resource stocks do. Uh, Costa Group, Gabrielle uh, Grady wants a view on Costa Group, who are probably the biggest fruit yeah. and vegetable supplier, particularly berries uh, here in Australia. Uh, private company, Frank Costa, uh, former president of Geelong, that's yeah. his family business, <laughs> floated about four or five years ago. Yes, um, we have a buy, buy rating on this, recently upgraded from a hold. Um, uh. What we've seen is that the reversing of citrus headwinds on the last year. So last year we saw the citrus quality come down, avocados, another thing, they're the leading grower of avocados in Australia. Yeah. As we know, avocados were literally walking themselves off the shelf, so like Woolworths and Coles couldn't pay you to buy them because there was so many avocados last year. And the price was down so low. So we saw that, we see that as a um, headwinds turning into tailwinds because the quality is coming back up. Um, they look they at that, did 869. Yeah. Down to 252 now. Yeah, wow. so a long to, a long way to come back, yeah. but they we are seeing that the their operations are coming back up. 11% revenue increase over the last year, which is great. Um, and impact 
was down 34%, but that's understandable and expected given the citrus quality issues that they are facing. Um, we see the benefit, they've got international hectares coming back online, so really good quality hectares coming on the international space, and the citrus recovery should be this felt this year. So okay. understanding that, we're definitely liking that, but inflation costs are remaining. So okay. that's one thing that company did note in their outlook. So okay. costs might be a little bit higher this year, but prices are increasing. Uh, Howard? Yeah, I mean, we're yet to ever find a agricultural company that's turned into a wealth winner over a long period of time. That's the trouble. Um, the return on equity average since they've listed over seven years is about 5%. Right. So that's pretty low. You, you know, you'd want a company that's well run to be averaging at least 10%. So that's really, really low. So Team Invest members would sort of look at that and say, nah, not even worth looking at. Return right. on equity is far too low. So I don't think any of them would even get to the point of looking any further than that. By the way, I love the products, yeah, and sure, I'm yeah. a big eater of avos. <laughs> love avocados. So, you know, uh, and the blueberries. So, so, and the blueberries. <laughs> so well done, Costa. Carry on making all this great fruit and veg, but I don't think don't I'd like to invest, invest in, in the company. No <laughs> thanks. Sort of, Costa's come up before, and um, a lot of sort of the, the experts on, on the panel have said, hey, you've got 20 stocks in your portfolio, 20 or 30 stocks. Um, stocks like this are subject to uh, changes well beyond their control. Absolutely. Um, a, a drought in Spain or yeah. you know, floods in California all impact Absolutely. on the prices. So too hard. It becomes too hard and a bit Absolutely. too complex. I think what you want to look for is what companies are diversifying in. Like New Farms, one pick we have because of their yeah. Omega Canola. Like right. is, when, oh, when yeah. you diversify and you come up with your own product, that's when it gets yeah, pretty but exciting. Again, would point. it make them one of the 20 best companies that you could own in your portfolio? And that's what an investor right. should be asking themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly 20. Some people may yeah. prefer 25, whatever. But you've got to ask yourself and say, of that number that I want, is this good enough? Yeah. It's a bit like your football team. You know, you don't oh. say, can we have a hundred people on the list, yeah. you say we want to have the 40 odd people on the list the that yeah. we think are the yeah, yeah. best we can get. Yep, That's true. Exactly. Um, a lot of people go for, for elders saying that yeah. if you want an ag stock, something from the ag sector in your portfolio, it's like a listed investment company in agriculture yep. because it's got so many strains to it. Yeah, but why do you have to have an ag stock? Yeah. You know, if you wanted a guy as short as me in your football team, you could <laughs> choose me. But um, I don't think Why in an AFL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Actually, I think okay. he wants to yeah. call up Good this point. season. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, all right. Uh, Howard Giorgio wants a view on Ingham's, the, uh, the big chicken and, and feedstock uh, producer. Uh, supply all the chickens to KFC and sort of dominate the frozen chicken market. I did hear from a bloke from Coles today saying that there's a shortage of chooks in Australia and they see big price increases. So uh, what do you think of being Yeah, it may help them temporarily, but the, the metrics don't look good. Um, it's got enormous debt as a business and that's oh. dangerous, especially with um, interest rates in the heading in the direction they're heading in. So um, it made a loss the last a year and the last half or the last trailing 12 months so that doesn't look very good right. um, again you know uh, too hard um, there are too many things that can go wrong 
uh, in this sort of thing. And of course, who are your clients? Yeah. Really big gorillas are going to squeeze you on price. So the moment they think that you are making too much money, what are Woolworths and Coles and Aldi all going to be doing? They're all going to be coming along and saying, uh, that's 6% inflation. We've got, we're only going to give you four right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're a price taker. Absolutely. Uh, so not for you, uh, Grady? Hold rating at the moment with a price right. target of $2.90. So we see, the, well, the House sees that this the report was called Turning a Corner. So what we see is that um, some headwinds faced are kind of coming back, but as you said, there's a chicken shortage. And that's actually because attributable to a small reduction in fertility levels from the performance of breeding roosters. So, well, so the roosters, the roosters are, are, are slacking <laughs> off. <laughs> slacking off. So. <laughs> Come on, roosters, get to work. You're there for one reason. Honestly, Why? when I read this, I laughed. No. I was like, you have one job. Lazy, <laughs> lazy roosters. Yeah, Honestly, um, as as Howard said, they have really high debt levels. <laughs> so with a company like this, they, you need to control debt levels, especially right. in such a high cost environment. So costs can, are can, expected Can they get to surrogate <laughs> roosters? Yeah, that's right. Or robots. Or robot Honestly, roosters, surely no there's idea. AI out there for yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Chat GPT, oh. help us out. Yeah, or play, or play so no. music in the pen. Um, but we've also got the pricing of feed is stabilised, but it still remains elevated. Right, so that's yeah. another cost they have to wear this coming year. Um, so what we're seeing, yeah, um, poultry at the moment, it's not one that we want to buy into, but it's one that we okay. would hold if it was now. All right. Investment. Um, Let's go talk retail now, and uh, Susie wants a view, Grady, on best and less. Now, if you had a, a thematic in yeah. retail here, best and less at the value end of the retail market, will it be a big beneficiary of a slowdown in the economy as we started to see yesterday with national accounts figures out? Yes. Um, it's a hold rating, uh, recently downgraded, just because the February trading has started really soft for the company. That's possibly because what we're seeing is obviously interest rates are rising, yep. uh, inflation's really high, and a lot of people shopped up during the last two years. We saw retail spend at a record high, so everyone's got their clothes they need. But the good thing about Best and Less is that it does have the really discretionary, uh, the non-discretionary value side, as you said. And yep. we're seeing a lot of shoppers move into that value side, and they have the staple, really good staples singlets pants like whatever you need at a really good price so the company is really well positioned to fare well over the coming year it's a hold at the moment because their february sales like i said have started off pretty weak so right. um I, with that in mind we they but the one thing that did, that happened was on the day they released results they went up 10 percent because they did issue outlook which was one thing retail a lot of retailers like satire yep. best and uh, satire um temple and webster none of them issued guidance because they say that with the don't know what's going to happen and investors love the fact that they did issue guidance with the expectation of NPAT to be 18 to 20 million in the second half so that was about matching the same as the first half they had okay. 17 million in the first half so they're expecting trading levels to come down but uh yeah it's a hold at the moment okay Howard probably hasn't passed your filters because it hasn't been listed, listed long mm. enough but so I don't have anywhere near enough data to make any intelligent comments on it. So yeah. I'm quite happy to have yeah. Grady make the only ones that are intelligent <laughs> in although, here. Although I mean, I've got colleague Mark Morlan, uh, end of last week, earlier this week, um, was saying retail is a sector that you're really focusing on at the moment, that um, if you're looking for great value stocks, Yeah, look, I think the, 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 the thing to remember is as we used to say in Africa, how fast do you have to run to get away from a lion? Yeah, yeah. 
faster, faster than, like faster than yeah. the slowest one in your group. Yeah. That's all you've got to do. Now in retail, there are thousands of retailers out mm. there. So if the economy turns down, all weakest retailers go broke. Yeah. That business that they would otherwise have gone goes to the better retailers. Now, I don't know enough about this company. Its figures look quite good in the short time it's been listed. But, um, you know, we, we like the kind of retailers that we've got at least 10 years worth of history. We can see that management is competent at all stages of an economy, that they can run it when things are going well, when they're going badly. And in terms of them being at the sort of less discretionary end, I remember the last recession we had, brief as it was, uh, GFC yes. time. Yeah. Uh, and Reject Shop was supposed to do wonderfully well, but it didn't. Mm. Yeah. So it, uh, just because something's cheaper, doesn't mean it's well managed and right. well run. Okay. So, but I don't know. This may be a fantastic company. <coughs> I don't know enough about it. Okay. All right. Uh, stock of the day today was uh, was Pilbara after the uh, after the drop in share price. Um, we mentioned Pilbara on the call yesterday. I had Carl Capalinga on the call who said if Pilbara got below four dollars ten, he'd be worried and sell. Well, has he changed his mind or is oh. it different now because there's an overhang of this, the larger shareholder getting out? Uh, Carl's um, kindly agreed to, to join us to give us an update. Um, Carl, thank you for doing this. Um, for those people who, who follow you religiously on the charts, uh, is this a trigger point? Yes and no. Uh, hello, Grady. Hello, Howard. Uh, thanks for letting me interlope in your show. Uh, look, it's a, there's a dividend today. So that is uh, obfuscating right. things uh, because the dividend is not a supply demand event on the chart. It's a, it's a capital event. Uh, it does take it beneath that 410, but yep. I would uh, typically then add back the uh, the dividend, the franking credit. So it's, it's pretty much there at the moment. But it is interesting, you just sort of discussed this uh, big CATL transaction where they yep. are effectively crystallized a massive profit. I mean, they got in at 30 cents back in 2019 and taking hundreds of millions of dollars off the table. Now, they are a major, major player in the Chinese uh, battery space supplying to, to, the, to the largest EV manufacturers over there. So what does it tell you when they are selling their stake at this time? What does it tell you about, uh, about their knowledge of where the China EV market is going? And incidentally, very recently, and this is uh, one of the key catalysts for my bearish view on lithium prices, is they've been offering significant discounts um, to China EV battery manufacturers over there because they can see on their cost side the prices coming down. So you're right. looking at about a 45% 40, fall in lithium carbonate over the last few months. Again, I put up a chart, I think a couple of times ago, I was on, I supplied you a chart yeah. of that, and uh, uh, lithium hydroxide also is coming down. Now, that uh, lithium hydroxide slash spodium, I mean, that's the more important one for Pilbara, but uh, that I think will follow. So that's cracked a very important level. It's down to about $70 a kilo US. The key level was about 72, 73. And that is now moving into what I feel is going to be a long-term downtrend similar to lithium carbonate. Right. So all the fundamentals don't look good. There's plenty of supply coming on. I mean, there's plenty of lithium bulls out there will tell you that the shortage is, is uh, only going to grow. I think the market is coming more into balance and it's the oldest cycle uh, in the book there, Koshi, where the price of something goes through the roof. Um, then more companies are incentivized to supply that. Supply hits the market and price comes back. So I just think we talked yesterday about this idea of companies having a great narrative yeah. and investors holding onto that great narrative too long, well after the trends have changed. And okay. it's the trend change that I'm seeing on Pilbara and Co at the moment. Okay, so get out of Pilbara. 
I, well, we've, been we've, been, we've been trimming for months. Yeah. If, if client, this would be the last one that clients had, and I, I, I was on halfway out the door already, and I think um, we're, we're very close Shut to being the door. out the door. Okay. Yeah. Carl, good to see you, mate. Thank you for popping in. <laughs> Always it. a pleasure. Thanks, thanks for allowing <laughs> me to pop in. There's an interesting concept here. Imagine if mergers and acquisitions work the same way. I'm Company A wants to buy Company B. Company yeah. B says we'll take less money. Company A says, no, we don't want to buy you anymore. You're cheaper. Put yeah. your price up and we'll want to buy you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine if we shopped the same way. No, yeah. I'm not going to buy that. It just went down in price. Yeah. I'll wait till they put the prices up, then I'll go and buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally but, illogical. Yeah, yeah. But, well, it's back to the supply and demand, which you watch at the moment. As Carl was saying, those prices are coming down because there's more supply. And when the biggest battery maker is taking its profits out of lithium, you go, hmm, what are they? They know a lot more about it than us. Yeah. Maybe we do it. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks. Our stock of the day was Pilbara. Uh, a no from Howard. Uh, a sell from Carl. A buy from Bell. Uh, Sonic, uh, a hold from both Howarding and Grady. Uh, Santos, a sell from Howard. Uh, a buy from Grady. Um, Costa a buy from Grady, a no from Howard. Ingham a hold from Bell and Grady, uh, no from uh, from Howard. And best and less, uh, Howard doesn't have a view on it because it hasn't been listed for long enough for him, him to understand the data or the, any reliability in the data, a hold from Grady and Bell. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund, growth fund as picked by our investment committee. You can see the last investment committee meeting on the platform. That was a February meeting. The March meeting goes, we will uh, meet and play that on Tuesday. Uh, in the February meeting, um, Aristocrat and JB Hi-Fi were removed from the portfolio paradigm and new century resources were added. Plus, um, the weighting in BHP, CSL and Boss Energy were increased since the 1st of March last year. Now the fund's up almost 13%. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets, consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at A2 Milk, Reese, Life360, ProMedicus, and Immutep. Uh, first up, A2 Milk. Uh, Grady Simon wants a view on A2, the big infant formula marketing organization. Yeah, you can call it. They much. don't own a dairy, they just collect it all. Yeah. Um, big market in China, smash when the Huge. trade wars. Um, uh, were introduced but started to come back a bit. The they last, are starting to come back. Year or so. Absolutely. Buy rating on this one with the price target increased recently to $7.65 from $6.80. Um, it's because well, the title of the Bell Potter report is The Art of Balance. So right. what they're seeing is um, the well, their results were really, really strong. They had uh, revenue up 19%, EBITDA up 10%, underlying impact rose 24%. So really strong results. Um, 
also they're it's really really big that they've focused on china recently they've taken less focus away from australia on the infant formula front and more into china um, and their distribution points grew nine percent to twenty six thousand eight hundred through china which is incredible mm. um the one thing to note about china is imf sales rose 53 percent, which is great but over the coming years, there might be some headwinds faced because we're seeing a decline in, po- in birth rates in China um, with some of the the parts of China saying they'll pay people to have more kids. Yeah. So that in itself might provide some headwinds for any infant formula producer over the coming years, especially because China does love Australian infant formula after their mm. crisis over there a number of years ago. Um, they did provide outlook which is great uh low double digit revenue growth expected gross margins expected to be slightly higher uh so the company yeah they're doing really really well um and they're but they've also noted an increase in working capital which will mean materially lower operating cash conversion in fy23 so understanding that us um, formula sales are expected to be immaterial in 23 which is not great, but um, given that they only got temporary approval from the FDA to help with the crisis over there because the US Mm. had their own crisis, um, that's investors may have been expecting a little bit better from the US side. But that is a bit disappointing for them and Bubs. It is. It's so sad. US manufacturer had to close down because of um, health restriction issues. Contamination. Yeah. Yeah. Contamination. So. Bubs and A2 milk start to piled in, and then they only got temporary approval till January 23. So it's like, well, keep the share share price up, and then and then yeah, but why would the FDA do that? Why not just use that as a kind of testing or guinea pig ground, and then say, yep, no worries, you've absolutely nailed it because they did. Bubs was absolutely killing it over there. Called lobby groups, yeah, and it's just yeah, I know. And and I don't think the FDA thinks terribly much much about Australia ever. Probably no. not. And, and the same as they were asked for two approvals from Australian and yeah. New Zealand type companies, yeah. they probably had 50 from Europe probably. and they probably had another 30 or 40 from South America. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, they were probably swamped with people suggesting yeah. that they want uh, approval for selling yeah. it in the US. Yeah. I'm about right. the Aussies though. Yeah, so yeah. buy, Ray. So oh, still a buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, uh, Look, I mean, the, the, it's certainly one of the better companies yeah. on the stock exchange. It's got decent return on equity. Um, it's got very little debt, but its earnings per share has been a bit of a roller coaster. Yep. And we only have seven years worth of history, so we don't really know long term how well this company is going to be run. I mean, earnings got up to 49 cents a share in 2020. They then went all the way down to 11.4 cents the year after. Now they've worked their way back to 16.6 cents a share. But, you know, where's it going? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, when you're looking for a wealth winner, team invest members always say the single biggest question you want to ask yourself is can you be virtually certain earnings per share will be materially higher in five and ten years time? So I think team invest members probably look at this, consider it and say, well, if I wanted 50 or 100 shares in my portfolio, it'd probably make it, but it doesn't make it into the top 25. So right. um, I'm a no, but a, not a uh, not an anti-no. Yeah, don't I'm hate just it. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're in it, would you keep holding it? Um, probably if I was in it, I'd probably keep holding it, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, next stock uh, on the list that you have sent through, Mitchell wants a view. Howard on Reese, the big uh, plumbing, bathroom, uh, wholesaler, distributor, marketing, retailing group. 
um, here Australia, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and also the US. What do you think of Bruce? Yeah, I mean, uh, extraordinarily well-run company in, mm. in, in Australia, New Zealand. No question of that. I mean, it's they've fa- done family business. Family yeah, it is. It was it, it, it's still pretty much a family business and now. Controlled. Yep. In, in fact, if you own shares in this company, you've just got to accept that you're really owning shares in what's almost a private company right. that family, happens yeah. to have a few of its shares listed on the ASX. <laughs> yeah. Not many trade yeah. on any any individual day. And the Wilsons totally control it. But they have done a fabulous job through, I think it's the third generation now that's, yeah. wow. that's actually involved in it. Um, not quite as good as a company called Latham in the UK, which is listed on their stock exchange. And the same family is still on the board. And they were founded in 1757. Wow. Um, okay. But, you know, Reese, very impressive. The question, of course, is can they replicate in the US what they've done here? Mm. And why they've been so successful here is every apprentice gets a Reese card. So that by the time they actually qualified, they're so used to buying from Reese. Will that work in the US? And where they don't have much of a name yet. So they've got started in the US. So far it looks okay, but their margins in the US are half what their margins are here in Australia. Now, that's not all that encouraging. But overall, you know, and also, of course, if you're going to own this, it may take you a while to build up a reasonable amount of shares because mm-hmm. yeah. not many are sold. But certainly one of the well-run companies on the ASX. But think of it as a private company that I may be able to be part owner of. Right. <laughs> so if you're in a... Oh, definitely hang on to yeah, it. Yeah. The, the Wilsons do a terrific job. Grady? Sell. City, Macquarie and Morgans all have a sell, so I've gone with consensus here. Um, Just because the company has seen really, they've just expanded to the US as you were saying, but they've seen really soft uptake. So, and they also say that it's the repair and remodel, which is one of their divisions and exposure in the US and that is materially coming off. So new home builds in the US are down, new construction leads are looking down 35%. Um, Expectation in second half is expected sales are meant to be down as well. And in the US, this is exactly what you want to rely on. So you need new home builds to be higher to capitalize on that as a plumbing business. Well, the industry needs that, but the individual company doesn't. Yeah, well, the The industry needs it. The individual company could be doing well while others go broke. They are, but at the same time they, they're seeing it themselves so management disclosed this for the first time ever that okay. R&R is set to come down and they're seeing that as a potential headwind heading into the rest of FY23 right. so understanding that and they're understanding they're just hitting the ground running in the US it's not a great headwind to face at this point in time um, results in Australia were pretty good they were all up across the board um, revenue sales were up 11% sales revenue in the US in the first half was up 34% so that's a very strong start but as I said um, the company has noted that construction in the late cycle they're kind of cushioning volumes at the moment but how long is that going to last we're not sure when new construction is going down in the US. Well, if, they're, if they're saying that mm. you then have to think oh is that affecting James Hardy in the US operations exactly, yeah. and all yep. those other Australian it, it's companies. It's across the board really yeah yeah. Yep. Okay all right um, our next stock <laughs> is uh, tech stock Josh uh, once a view, Grady, on Life360, the, um, the tech business. Um, basically, um, they build networks for family and friends, secure networks, um, also schools um, that everyone can communicate with each other on, um, on a, 
a safe and secure platform? A lot of people at work actually use this, and this is one stock that Bells loves and really bullish on. We have a buy rating with a price target of $9. Now, tech stocks, are, as we know, were the hit during the pandemic and yep. then absolutely sold off last year. And yep. this is kind of the discount time to buy in. Uh, this is one we love for a few so reasons. So what was your price target again? $9. Wow. Yeah. Double. Yeah, double. Jeez, I yep. thought you said $9 and I thought, oh, I've just double-checked. Back in the $9, Koshi. <laughs> just because this company is living the good life, according to Bell Potter. Right. They see it as they've just increased prices. Uh, that normally in a normal model, those prices kind of turn people off, but then they come back in after a while. So active subscribers are up to $47 million a month. So this company is oh. really, really killing it through their operations, despite the price target of the share price obviously coming off. Um, they have a tile, so they have the software and they have the hardware. Right. The tile business has just announced they've got this new anti-theft mode, which is pretty cool, combating the rising number of robberies. So I don't know how it works, but it says um, it makes a user's tile undetectable and to scan and secure. And the company's in-feature app is able to locate the Bluetooth trackers nearby. So uh. it's pretty cool if your bag got stolen, yeah, yeah. then you can go into anti-theft mode and find it. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool in a way. And the company's continually, as we see here, diversifying, finding new ways to use their product, tapping into what the market wants and what users want. So we're keeping an eye out for their results, which are out mid-March, um, which will kind of see how they're faring in the high interest rate high inflationary market, but this company has really, really done well. Yeah, okay. Uh, how? The company hasn't done well. No. It's giving away stuff for less than it costs it to produce. <laughs> now, if I stood on the street corner down here in Barangaroo and I gave away Ferraris, yeah. brand new, yeah. from the factory at $10,000 each, yeah. Next month, I'd have more takers. And the month after that, I'd have more takers. And the month after that, I'd have more takers. Yeah. And on that definition, everybody would say, wow, Howard's doing really well. <laughs> Except the only way I could do it is keep asking my shareholders for more money because yeah. the Ferraris would cost me more than the 10000 I was selling them for. Yeah. This company loses money hand over fist. <laughs> so it keeps coming up with new ways that it can lose money that are wonderful ideas <laughs> that it can't sell for enough money to make a profit. Is that it, to me is, is not it profitable? That to, no, it lost thirty-seven and a half million last year. It lost twenty-one point two million the year before, and it lost forty-one point three million the year before that. Wait for March. We'll chat in March because I well, want to know it, if they're profitable. If it profitable. makes a profit in March, that'd be the first sign it's a business. Yes. Up until then, it's not a business. It's a beautiful story that doesn't make any money, but I could invent for you a hundred stories that you could give away things for less than they cost. But they have and, so and our many sales users. Go, of course, Great. if you give away th things free, you get lots of users. <laughs> it, the cheaper it is, the more users you get, but that's not a business. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll talk so, to you in March. All right, we'll, talk we'll, March. we'll get you back <laughs> in to March to, uh, with the latest result when it comes out. <laughs> we will watch that carefully. Um, now, this is a business, uh, Howard. Nicole wants a view on ProMedicus, the medical imaging technology business around the world, um, Australia, Germany, uh, the US. Um, Claude Walker from A Rich Life has ridden this up and backed it. I think he's the number one cheer squad for ProMedicus. What do you think of them? Oh, this is a real business. Yes. I mean, this is a business <laughs> that uh, is in tech, yep. but it's actually making real money. Yep. It charges a lot more for its products than it costs them to produce to, or to provide it. I mean, it's a service, really. Yep. Um, its return on equity has been 
uh, over 20% for the last seven years, and it's rising every year. Now, return on equity rising is quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, its earnings per share been growing at over 30% per annum for a number of years now. Um, it's got zero debt. It's got cash on its balance sheet. Um, and it's signing up new hospitals all the time. Now, the only two things wrong with it, I mean, I think it's a marvellous business, yep. but from an investment point of view, the only two things wrong with it is it's on an astronomic eye-popping PE ratio. At least it has a PE ratio. Uh, Life360 doesn't have a PE ratio because it's got no E. Um, but, but this has a PE ratio of about 120. Wow. Now, something's got to grow incredibly fast for incredibly long. The problem but it is, though, it, it is. Yeah. But how big is the market? Mm. They were already in, I think, seven of the ten biggest uh, teaching hospital groups in the United States, and in something like eleven of the twenty biggest. So it, it's not going to go on growing at this rate for a hundred years. Right. And on a PE of uh, one hundred and twenty, you'd want it to be growing for a very long time. However, I own some shares in it. Yeah. I didn't buy it at this PE ratio. Um, I'm hugely enthusiastic about the business. I think Sam Hupert is doing, and his partner are doing an absolutely phenomenal job with this company. And uh, it's been a phenomenal wealth winner for people who bought it at the right time. Right. Now's not the time to buy it. So what we need yeah. is some bad news story that causes their share price to come down so that we can all buy some more of them. Is it now the time to sell it? Well, you know, you get so few of these really great businesses that you want to sell it. If you can find something else that's also got a growth rate like this right. yep. and an, you know, a ROE like this, the answer is yes, right. but we can't find enough of them. Right. Um, so, so hold, yep, hold I'm, on for the ride. I'm happy holding on, but I wish it share price would come tumbling down so I could buy some more. Okay. <laughs> well, I can tumble it for you because we've oh, got a good. score rating on it. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> so you're, you're taking the profits. Taking the profits. Get and that running. out to your customers and clients. Let everybody us. know. <laughs> Push this, your price is, down. this is general information, not advice. Um, it's a downgraded recently by Bells to a sell from a hold. Price target unchanged at fifty-five dollars $55 a share. That right. is so expensive. And it's, as you said, trading at 120 PE ratio. Absolutely. When the average for the peer group is 27.5 times. Do you think so, you had it down instead of 55 to say 35? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, well, the company that, as you said, earnings growth is slowing and that's been noticed over a number of periods now. Now, US, US clients are expected to continue growing. The company has announced three major new contracts have been signed, which is great, 56 million over the next seven years. They See, have only in June, July, yeah. it was $37. Yeah, See, that's, when, that's when a bunch come, of team invest members are buying it. Right. Yeah, it so it moves, back, yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, as you said, how big is the market for this? It's not diversifying. We know what they do. They've done it for so long. And they're, they're a proven great business, as you said. There's nothing wrong with the business, but they've got revenue commitments over the next five years for $450 million, but that's five years. What's after that? What's coming? Right. What growth do you have? Um, and we also see that tightening monetary policy in Australia and the US is potential recession in, inbound, as we know, um, could see place pressure on asset values. So understanding all of that and how expensive it is, it's a sell. Okay. Well, right. well, I hope you persuade lots of your colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any shares in it, so and, and mine he'll, are. He'll be waiting for <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the buy rating's in. <laughs> All right. Uh, our final stock, Stephanie wants a view, Grady, on Immutep, a uh, biotechnology company in immunotherapies. 
and cancer treatments? It's a spec buy. It's one of those ones we always talk about. If you want to buy into the story, it's a great one to buy into with the story. They're in late phase trials at the moment. They've just come out with, uh, they're ready to go for the first clinical trials of the IMP761 trial. Um, that's for the design to treat autoimmune diseases. So the company's LA LAG3 is targeting the immunotherapy drug IMP761. Um, it's exciting. It's, they've employed a Norway biotech company to deploy this for them. Um, and the studies have been designed to, so what I had to, I had to look up what this study was and what they're trying to target. It says it's been designed to address the root cause of autoimmune diseases by specifically silencing self-reactive exhausted affected T cells. So wrap your head around all of that. I have no idea what that all meant, but anyhow, it sounds impressive. Either way, it sounds impressive. They're in the first stage of the trial. They're well funded to get through these trials, and they're also on the second clinical trial for Insight 005. So Mm. two clinical trials progressing along the way. Um, They've got enough money to go through these trials and investigations, but again, it's speculative because they're yet to have anything to market. Okay. Well... They've been speculative for at least 10 years because I could look at 10 years worth of history and there were 115 million shares on issue 10 years ago. There's now 866 million. Right. They've had a capital raising virtually every year. Right. Developing new drugs is hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. So maybe they will get one of them eventually passed through phase three trials and it'll actually go into production. Then they've got to change as a business. They've actually got to become experts at marketing something. Yeah. We don't know if they're experts at marketing anything other than their shares at the moment, <laughs> which they're clearly very good at marketing because they've <laughs> done that well forever. for 10 years. <laughs> I do hope they succeed. Seriously though, David, yeah. I've said this to you on the yeah, show yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I hope this company succeeds. It's bringing out drugs that are gonna save enormous number of lives if they ever are proven to work and come out. And being part of the baby boomer generation, the sooner they come out, the happier I'll be. Yeah. Um, so I wish them all the best, but I wouldn't invest any money in it. See, I think you once said to me with companies like this, if you really love them, just give them a donation. Absolutely. Hopefully get the tax deduction Absolutely. based on it. Mm. Uh, tax deductible because then you're sort of getting something back and help them but to be an investor. Absolutely. You treat it as philanthropy. If you've got the money, go and give them some money to help them develop some drugs, which will be great for mankind if they succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. All right, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Uh, A2 Milk, a hold from Howard, a no from Grady and Bell. Uh, Reese, a sell from Bell, a hold. Sorry, A2's a buy. A2's a buy. Did I say A? You said a no. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's a buy. Oh, good, it's a buy. Uh, buy, yep. Uh, it's a sell for Reese. Yeah. Uh, and a hold from uh, from Team Invest. Uh, Life three hundred and sixty is a buy from Bell and Grady. A no from uh, Howard. Uh, Prometicus is a sell from um, Bell and Grady. Uh, Howard's a hold and will be a buyer of Bell client shares if they, <laughs> if they get down to that $35, $40 Absolutely. mark. Uh, and and I've got lots that. of Team Invest members who will join me. <laughs> uh, and Immutep, uh, a no from Howard, a speculative buy from Grady and Bell. Grady Wolf from Bell Direct, good to see you, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, and Howard Goldman from Team <laughs> Invest, to always be great to have you on board. Uh, that's it for the show today. Look, if you've got any stocks that you'd like me to put to our expert panel, 
chuck them in an email. Uh, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, a lot more happening on Ausbiz coming up. The Pulse is next. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.